Welcome to the Musician's Gear Podcast, where we talk about all things music, gear, and various other topics. I'm your host, J.D. Jackson, and I hope you enjoy. Today we are joined by Alec Tambo. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And we're going to be talking about which also... If you aren't aware who Alec Tambo is, he is a musician, guitarist, and a music major at Utah Valley University. Uh, I guess this is final weeks for you, isn't it, right now? So Yeah, just finishing up. This is the last day, I'll, and I'll be done with uh, this semester. So Oh, that's exciting. I remember the stressful weeks of uh, finals week. So. But yeah, what we're going to be talking about today is uh, the importance of live music and then just related topics to kind of just see where the discussion brings us. So... Uh, first off, I know, Alec, you went to, what show was it just recently? Was it a Battle of the Bands? Or yeah, I went to uh, Battle of the Bands, um, and it was just last Saturday, and it was it was great. It was uh, four great bands. It was, um, let's see, Jordan, it was someone I'm not too familiar with, Jordan Moyes, I think is the name or something like that. Okay. Um, and then Full House, which is, I, I've heard about for a while, and then... Um, no Such Animal, who I have a buddy um, who plays in that. His name is J.D. Jackson, and he plays bass. And then a band called Beeson. Okay. J- did you say his name is J.D. Jackson? Sorry, I said J.D. Jackson. I said no, his name is J.D. Hamill. Hamill. Oh, I was like, Jackson. wow, we have the same name. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe I need to change it was on. Name. It was on the mind. I was like... Oh, no, you're good. J.D. Jackson. Yeah. So J.D. Hamill is his name. Hamill, Okay. I've heard, heard of uh, Pool House for a while, and I've actually seen them before. Um, I think they do a good job, you know. Yeah. Um, and so who ended up winning that? that um, it was Beeson. Beeson. So that's that's led by this, uh, um, like, she's, she's a songwriter, and her name is Jane Beeson. Jane Beeson, okay. And Jen, it, it's become kind of a, like a band now, but yeah, she's the one who writes most of the things. I think her guitarist helps um, write, too, when he sings helps sing some of the leads okay so but yeah very cool yeah i you were telling me about that i i went to i've gone to a decent amount of battle of the bands throughout the years and um i know the big one that won the big battle of bands at the lore uh not that long ago i mean wasn't it cardinal bloom yeah was cardinal that bloom. was that a year ago though or was yeah that was i believe oh that was goodness. the last winter one so. i think you're right that's crazy time has just been flying by yeah. So it was at that same battle of the bands at the lore. Yeah. Okay. And the the finalists this year, um, well, at least three of them. Like I said, I don't. I'm not too familiar with the first guy, but um, yeah, the with uh, Beeson, No Such Animal, and Pool House, they all competed last time too, and so it was kind of oh, nice okay. to see them on the the finalist spot. Returning again so, yeah. to try to get the uh, the winning. Yeah. So when they win, I, I'm not 100% sure, like, what do they get, like, studio time? Is that a cash prize? Yeah, I think there was, there was a mix of things. There was, um, it, they had, like, for Christmas time, I think there was, like, a stocking full of cash. And then, oh, nice. Um, yeah, there was some studio time, and then they had, like, um, there was, like, some mixing time stuff. Yeah, like, probably. Like, some free mixing yeah. um, and mastering. And yeah, and then I think the the runner ups all got some sort of prize that was kind of like that, but just lesser of. Okay, like just lower tier yeah. prizes. Okay, that's pretty cool. And so, you you performed at Valor before, haven't you, or no? I haven't performed at Valor. I've I've played in some of the local venues around here, um, but not not at. No Valor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The band, the band that I was in. Um, they just hadn't been, they had been to Fuller before and they just never went back when I was with them, so. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. I've never performed there either, um, but I've been there a lot to see friends and, you know, other bands and stuff, so. That's like on my bucket list to do at some point, just be like, yeah, I played at Fuller, you know. Yeah. I mean, more than just like their open mic, you know, like, um, which I believe they do that on Wednesday nights. Yeah, I, I don't know, I've, I've been wanting to look into that just to go to that too, but I have not myself so okay yeah i have a friend she used to go to that and i believe she told me it was on wednesday nights um it's just like open whoever wants to perform a song or whatever you can just do it kind of open mic night style you know and yeah kind of get your foot in the door a little bit and then if 
whoever's working that night was like, oh yeah, you know, they're actually pretty good. Maybe we have them, maybe we'll talk about having them play, you know, yeah, for a, a future concert or whatever. So yeah, and it's a great place to do that because I mean, it's Valor's pretty well known out here. So yeah, um, yeah. For those that don't know, Valor is kind of a historical. Uh, music venue it's not huge but um it's known for having magic dragons neon trees and one other pretty the aces out here. the aces yeah gone there's, i think there's some maybe there's a couple, a couple more ago, yeah yeah but those are kind of the big one is neon trees and magic and dragons people are like oh wow so um they they uh, before they were famous they started playing at the balloon and kind of you know made it basically have its name now a little bit you know, I mean, obviously people knew about it here locally in Utah, but now outside of Utah, people are like, oh, you come to Utah, you got to play at the Bulbore if you're an upcoming band, you know, um, kind of mid-tier band, I guess, maybe. Yes. Yeah. It's, it is pretty small. I think, how many people do you think probably house in that? Like, I don't know, a couple hundred, maybe a little bit Yeah, more. I'd say probably like 250. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you could fit any more than that. There's yeah. just, isn't, it's not big enough, so. But it's, it's pretty cool, so. Uh, for those that are listening outside of the state of Utah, um, if you ever want to play at a good venue in Utah, you gotta play at the Belor. So, what is your experience playing in other venues uh, throughout Utah? Yeah, so I have played. Let's see, I played at Third Space back when I was there. I think it's now the Rise. Yeah. And they've completely changed. Well, at least just walking, it looks this setup is very different. Um, and then I've played at the old rise where it was, um, and there's a smaller place. Oh gosh, I, I'm spacing on it right now. Um, it's it's in kind of close to like vineyard area, and it's kind of newer. They did Battle of the Bands also, and the people that used to own it uh, were in a band too called uh, uh, Alpine Alpine Loop. Alpine Loop. Oh yes, I've heard of them. Uh, yeah. The boardwalk. Oh, the boardwalk. Board yes, I remember they didn't they during COVID times like blast on Facebook saying help help us start this venue or something. It was something like that. They were looking for donations. Yeah. Or I can't remember the whole story about that. But I've been there before. Um, I think only once or twice. But it was kind of a cool, interesting little space, isn't it? The one where you go down the stairs. Yeah. Okay. I I personally feel like they. To get a sinus thing to advertise it better because I think it, you know it's, it's a fun place to go to and they have a great uh, green room. Yeah, they do. It, it's well, is that what it's called the green room? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what um, what it looked like when I was there. Um, they have some couches. They have some like I think they have an NES. Okay. In there and yeah, it's I don't know. It's, it's kind of it's feels like an actual kind of lounge <laughs> area, so it's nice. Yeah. You know, a place that um, used to they used to have a lot of music go through is the un, uh, it was the underground. Okay, I've heard of that. Um, and it's it's pretty close to Center Street. I'm pretty sure it's on Center Street, and it's it's at the Town Square area. If you know what that is. Oh, you know what? I believe that's in the basement. Been, okay, I have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't they they have it. It's kind of like an old fashioned like stand up comedy looking type of like stage. Yep. And yeah. It's like really small but I a buddy of mine he was trying to like revamp and do concerts there again I think it was I don't know a couple winters ago and um, they have a green room and it's all like pirate themed oh interesting <laughs> they have like parrots and then like just like pirates with like like pi there uh, there's like a bench I think that has like a pirate arm I don't know it, it's it's really weird I just remember it, it being kind of cool but it was like all pirate themed and it reminded me of a venue in Logan, actually, which is called, how was it called? Oh, it's called The Cash. Okay. It's kind of a newer one, and they, their green room is very pirate-themed as well. You're sitting on, like, big things of ale, you know, like, and uh, they have, like, the whole, like, pirate ship, you know, uh, steering wheel, I guess, or whatever you call oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. With a wheel, yeah. I don't know. There's the probably the helm. The helm, yeah. What, whatever. People are gonna correct us on this, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Um, Educate us. But that's what it reminded me of. And up in Logan, there's only really like one or two places to play where I grew up, and that was Y Sound. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Y Sound. It's I've heard of it. But... So it's kind of the guy that started it 
like used it more for recording purposes, but then he didn't rent it out enough or something like that, or just wanted to use it during the day when people weren't, you know, recording there and turned it into a little like venue. And it's it's actually kind of cool. They got a lot of local art on the walls that people painted, and you can probably only hold house probably like 150 people at the most there, maybe, maybe closer to 100. But it's it's the place in Logan, you know, that's been there the longest, and it's the people that play there the most are like hardcore music. Like the type of music they play is hardcore or not death metal, but maybe uh, thrasher kind of stuff, you know, where people usually get into some kind of uh, mosh pit stuff. Which is very different than Volor, which is very indie. Yeah, very (laughs) relaxed. At least recently, very indie based. Yeah, and so I came from like knowing that's how that venue was growing up in Logan. I was like, why sound? I, I went with some friends that. That were girls and I remember like people just breaking out in like a mosh pit and stuff and I had like put my hands around them so like they didn't get hurt you know and stuff and they that was like one of their first experiences in like a local live music show and they hated it. <laughs> and I was like I was trying to like show them you know like oh, let's go to live music and kind of enjoy it and they kind of ruined the experience for them but that was at least the show we went to and then having now been to Provo and you know going to the Valor I'm like wow this is way different like yeah I mean in every venue is different but like the the kind of the vibe at the cash which is the newer venue up there and I actually know that the owner both owners names is Mike which is ironic he used to be a mailman I guess for years and just he just saved up money and money and then eventually retired from doing that and just bought it the venue and cool. that's what he does and it also is a restaurant as well oh that's awesome which is yeah it's super cool they have like a Chili's licensing so they can you can drink alcohol there but you have to be sit you know sitting at your seat oh so but you can have minors there as well obviously the minors can't be buying alcohol and drinking it but you can have that kind of vibe where you can have older people that want to drink and then younger people that can't drink that just want to go for the music and food um and i I guess they were pretty lucky to get that because that's a hard license to get i guess especially in the state of utah yeah so imagine but it has a really nice um sound system there um it's it's a nicer venue to play at than y sound now in my opinion it's given it's been maybe a couple like a year since i've even seen both of them but um kind of a cool experience so if you ever are up that area the cash yeah one and then y sound is the other so i mean i think i do need to be more familiar with because I've, I think I, yeah, I think the farthest I played when I did play with a group was in Salt Lake, and so. Okay, what was that in Salt Lake? Gosh, was it Soundwell? I could have been Soundwell. It could have been the uh, Depot. It could have been. I think it was um, the Depot. I think it was Soundwell. It's it was it's close to the complex. Okay. Which I guess the Depot is also. Yeah, the Depot is. Um, it, what's the one that's like literally a garage? Like. Um. That's uh, Kilby. Isn't it? No, that's not Kilby. That's, that's not Kilby. Um, uh, loading dock. Oh, the loading the, dock. The loading okay. dock is like it looks like it's just like someone's like I don't know garage really, and because it, it it has like big doors like that, and then there there's a little stage and you can't fit many people in there, and then they have a little bit of a green room, but and and Salt Lake that used to be a much bigger place to go to. Okay. Um, but like. Everyone's like, oh yeah, the loading dock, the loading dock. Like when you're first starting out, it's a good place to play. You don't make hardly any money. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, in general, in general, <laughs> playing, most places, yeah, you probably not make like a ton. It, it depends. Well, for live music, for original music, usually that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of playing covers, and you can make a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah. If you're that. in a party band, that's yeah, where the party band is. But yeah. Yeah, if you're doing your original stuff, it's like, well, hopefully your band brought, you know, at least. 25 people <laughs> yeah and hopefully another band brought another 25 you know to at least make like 75 people there's three bands you know but it doesn't always work out that way yeah. usually it's like the lead uh the band that's the headliner um they're the one that that brings everyone and the, the other two bands are just happy to be <laughs> yeah so um but yeah the loading dock i've been there quite a few times and it's the sounds awful because it literally is just like a big garage. Yeah. So they don't have any, it's not sound treated at all. And it just bounces really muddy. Um, but people in Salt Lake go crazy about that. Like if you're just like starting out, um, there's another underground in Salt Lake as well. And that one has a whole bunch of different rooms that you can like play in. And that's known for like, like heavy metal, like 
okay. thrasher, hardcore music, screamo type of stuff. You've got, you've got assigned rooms. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you can hear, you know, bands down the hall. It's it's kind of a cool setup, but the sound's awful in all of them. Okay. And most of the time, the bands kind of have to bring their own sound. There's a, I think there's one room that's like the real room, and that's the one that's, um, has a sound system that's somewhat okay. The yeah. other ones are just like super old sound systems from like the eighties, and or you know someone brought their a thump so they can hear themselves in the monitor, but it just bounces off the walls because it's just like I, I, I think they're concrete walls, so it's pretty ter terrible, but. Kind of, kind of a cool place though too. I don't know. It's I can't remember how much tickets are. They're pretty cheap though, like five to eight dollars. So probably probably like eight dollars. Cool. I feel like if you do five dollars, it's too cheap. But it's like you should just do a free show at that point and get more people for <laughs> your five dollars. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of, of places in Utah to play. Um, so that you said north, it was you're not sure which one it was. I'm, I think it was Sunwell. Sunwell. Have Have you been there before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the one. It's right next to a bar. Yeah, and I think I think it's, it's the one. And it has like a green sign. I think maybe. Maybe. I can't remember. A lot of those places in Salt Lake, like as as far as like the, how they look outside, I don't pay as much attention as I yeah. do inside, just because it's like that's the experience, you know. Um, but I think I think that sounds right. It's pretty close to a bar, and um, I played at a lot of bars, so I yeah. I recognize that yeah. <laughs> right away. Um, one of the bars in Draper that's kind of a cool place to play. It's it's known for like a lot of eighties rock, and so I mean that's what I played with my cover band, my cover band, right? Yeah. Sorry, eighty nine. We played, you know, eighties pop and rock. We played at Leatherheads. You probably have heard of Leatherheads, mm -hmm. right? And that's like a sports bar. Yeah. And it's moved like a couple times in the last forty four or five years since I've known okay. it, and it they, they do dj kind of stuff you know some hours but then it, they get a lot of hair bands go through there so they had uh, the band winger go through there and we Ooh. saw them live and they still rock like they're old yeah um, i forget what the yeah, the winger's first name is kip is it kip winger? i think it's kip winger yeah, yeah. and he just he, i don't know exactly how old he is but he's like my parents age at least you know maybe older like late 50s probably and he just, just Kills that you know he's a bass player that sings, yeah. which is kind of interesting, uh, you know, do or I guess dynamic. Um, and then I think they only have there, maybe two or three of the original members. And I think the drummer and the lead singer and a bass player is the only original ones. Also, the guitarist is. I don't think they're yeah. At least when I saw their show at Leatherheads a couple of years ago, they didn't have it wasn't the original guitarist so. Still play, was good, you know, um, but they, they, I remember they just performance wise, I was just so surprised by these old guys. Like, um, and then, uh, my buddy that was with me, they were asking if anyone played bass in the crowd, right? And he was, he's a guitar player, but he's like, well, I know enough about bass. So he raised his hand and they pulled him up on stage and he played, um, oh, what song is it? Ain't talking about love. Oh, by Van Halen? By Van, yeah. And oh. so, um, and, you know, it, it, it's it's like three chords, I think, through the whole song. It's like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly two. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's mostly A minor to G, I think. Yeah, I, but and then it goes to the, the three chords as well, too, but it's mostly the two, yeah. right? Um, but he, he played that on the bass, and I just remember him being so, like, freaking out, and... I, I, I got a picture of him and like a little video of him playing up there with an old phone of mine that was at the time not very good. So the video was kind of not very good quality. So I'm sure he appreciated that. But it was kind of cool because like these guys were really killing it and everyone, like the house was packed. Like people were outside. They, they probably had about 500 people that they fit in there. And it's a, you know, it's a bar. Yeah. But it's like people were just like, oh yeah, winger, you know. And, um, but they've also gotten warrant play there before um I don't think they've had choir or riot but I've seen choir riot play live um in 2017 that um Gary Robinson he put on a music con in Salt Lake at the Salt, uh, Salt Palace and he had us play on one of the stages he had like an acoustic stage a rock stage and then the headliners that were playing like at the end of music con they had booths of all sorts of music actually if you look right behind you that's 
my artist pass for music con oh, right on. so it's it kind of cool i've kept that as a memento just because it was it was a cool experience i kind of wish that they would do it again i'll have to ask i'll bring it up to gary and be like gary just do it in provo do it in provo because yeah, it was really cool. cool um but yeah we uh played right before um autograph okay played and then uh quiet right was like the main uh headliners and stuff Autograph, they did a super good job. I mean, the, the, the song that most people know by them is... Uh, Turn Up the yeah, Turn Up the Radio. You know? Yep. Uh, there's one other hit that's pretty good, too, but it sounds pretty similar. Okay. But, you know, they're kind of like a... They were known, you know, in the, the 80s and stuff, but they were more like a one-hit kind of wonder type of band. You know, like, they're not as big as Death Leopard or Poison. Yeah. You know, any of those other bands. But they that hit did really well, so they became really famous and popular from that and before the show I was at a booth and I didn't know this but the the guitarist and the singer was there just looking through booths and I didn't know it was them and I was just like bu buying something and then he just started joking around with me I was like oh yeah and I started talking to him so, like the nicest guy ever you you know but he looked like he, he was weathered from the 80s and like rock and roll so I was like hmm, I wonder you know what his story is and then they, later I saw him up on stage I was like what? And he was just like walking around super chill and like that's cool. Yeah, I remember that was that was that, I was kind of geeking out about that later. Um, not everyone in the band thought it was as cool as I did, and a couple like in the their other singer in my band. Really? But yeah, I can't remember who. Someone was like, "Oh, it's not that big a deal." I can't remember who it was, but um, also Billy Dean was. They had like a country stage. Mm -hmm. Billy Dean was the uh, the headliner for that. Do you know who Billy Dean is? Um, yes, I, I will, I couldn't name anything, but yes, I Yeah, you, you probably heard of his name yeah. and stuff. I mean, if you don't listen to that music, too, it's kind of like, well... Yeah. Well, and I know I've heard his songs, I just wouldn't be able to tell you Oh, yeah, I've heard this song. Yeah. And I'm not as familiar with all of his songs either, but I remember my parents were pretty excited about that because they got VIP passes to that music con thing, and my mom was like, oh, yeah, I love Billy Dean. And so she went and saw him, and they got to meet him, and... Um, he actually signed a couple things for my parents, which was kind of cool. And cool. after the whole show was done, a couple people just walked up to him and someone was like admiring his guitar. It's like, you want to play it? And it's like, it was a really expensive, you know, Martin guitar, acoustic electric. And he's like, oh yeah, sure. You know, oh, that's cool. some guy just started playing and he was just like shooting the shiz, you know, with us. And I'm just yeah. like, you know, that's pretty cool. Cause he, he is pretty famous. You know, he, I remember... I don't know, I was in high school still, but he would go to the high school and do like a big assembly concert, you know, just for free because he's just a nice guy and super yeah. down to earth. And he's like one of the real country artists still out there, you know, that's like just down to earth and just, I don't know, isn't all about the fame, I guess is what okay. I'm saying. Uh, I can't, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but. It, it was, I think it was just interacting with. Oh, the artists and stuff. Which I I think is a good point because you were able to meet. It was the autograph. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's usually a big deal when the bands are willing to be out there with the audience or maybe watching another group or something like that. Because there was a group. So I I'm a big fan of this band called Ripe. Okay. And I saw them with my brother a couple of years ago, and um, I just remember turning around in the. Um, their guitarist, one of their guitarists at the time, well, they now just have one, but they had two at the time, and one of them and uh, the lead singer um, were just out in the crowd dancing to the band that was playing before them. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I think it was this band called Waker, and uh, it was fun. I just turned around, and we're like, oh, they're right next to us, just Yeah, having around. a good time. Yeah, and so I thought that was fun, and I, I just think it's important for artists when they, like, are willing to interact you know and uh yeah. be a part of it and not just you know it, hold themselves to a higher level like yeah. oh i'm too good i'm the headliner or whatever i yes. don't need to see the other bands yeah and i understand like if they're like a really big band it's just probably a little bit of safety yeah <laughs> to be in part of the crowd people jumping them and yeah yeah but um i think you know for smaller you know venues and stuff i think that's i don't know should be the uh, the standard is, or at least it's just nice to see when people yeah. are interacting. So well, just super like I don't know, down to earth kind of real artists. Like they don't get this ego no matter what level they're at. 
Yeah. So um, I can't I can't think of like a good example off the top of my head, but um, the lead singer of Quiet Riot, um, which actually now the only original member of the band is the drummer, um, which is kind of interesting. But the lead singer here is a younger guy when I saw him a couple years ago. And the band, like, a lot of people wanted, like, you know, interact with the band afterwards, the people that had VIP passes and stuff. And they just, like, left. They didn't, like, talk to anyone. They were just like, screw this type of, you know, that that's their attitude that they had. And, but the drummer stayed and just sat there and just talked to people. And then, cool, because um, he played with uh, Randy Rhodes for a while, too. And a buddy of mine, uh, Blake, he's a big Randy Rhodes, like, that's his idol as a, as a guitarist, right? And so he was geeking out with him. He was like, so how, you know, how was it to play with Randy and stuff? And um, he was just like, oh, was, you know, just super down to earth. He's like, oh, Randy was like one of the best people I've ever met, you know, and just like super d d down to earth. And he was just, as he was cleaning up his drum set, you know, and behind, you know, back behind this barrier where the VIP people were allowed. And I just remember that. I was like, you know what, this guy, he's the only original member, but he's the only one that's not acting like he's above everyone, you know? Which is interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's like, hmm, interesting. Because the other guys were younger, and I remember the lead guitar player was doing some kind of solo. It was just a chromatic, very chromatic, just do 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 You know, nothing to, it was, it was, but he kept doing that over and over again. And then he was like, come on, you effers, you know, like, get excited about this. And I'm just like, well, it's, played something interesting. Yeah, played, well, that's what I was thinking. I was in the crowd, and I was just like, I just it isn't interesting enough, you know? It's just the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you're doing it fast, you know, and everything, but it's like just a chromatic scale over and over again isn't very pleasant. Like, yeah. it has its place, right? But, like, if you're just doing it over and over again, and I just remember his attitude was just like, he just swear at everyone, like, you come on, you're cheer, you know, and everything. People were, were cheering for a little bit, but then he kept just doing that over again. We're just like, okay, it's lost its <laughs> what novelty, I guess, you yeah. know? And anyways, I just remember his attitude, the, the guitar player, and then the lead singer, he was a younger guy, and he just like booked it out there, didn't want to talk to anyone. And maybe he was on drugs, I don't know, probably. Yeah. But it was just like, and I remember the drummer, I was just like, oh man, that guy was so cool. Like, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, which I feel bad, but. Um, yeah, sadly, I know a few of the people, I mean, I remember the names of a few people, but I can't remember the drummer. I can't remember the bass, because I think the bass player passed away. I think the singer passed away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Carlos Cavazos, I can't remember his last name, Cavazos, something like that? Some, yeah, I, I think can't he pronounce played it. with Rat for a little bit. But, yeah. Oh, and Rat, have you seen a video of Rat? It came out, I think it was 2016, 2015. They were playing live, I think, in Vegas. And the lead singer had crossfaded with alcohol and medicate like prescription medication yeah. and he had put on a lot of weight and stuff and had some health issues up to this point but like on stage he, he it looked like he was having a stroke he was slurring and his voice he was like I, 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 yeah it a lot they felt bad yeah I think they refunded a lot of the people that went to that show their tickets and everything but and most of the hardcore fans were like you know just get better or whatever but here's the thing, he did that to himself intentionally too, so I'm also kind of like, I'll give you sympathy a little bit. But he knew what he was doing. But you knew what you were doing, and so like, it's unfortunate. I, I think he's doing a lot better now. But another artist kind of during that time frame was, um, well, Axel, he put on a lot of weight, you know? Yeah. So, and, I, but he's playing again. Um, isn't he singing for ACDC? Axel Rose? Yeah, I thought he was playing for ACDC. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that, but I don't. I don't know. Okay, I know he still. Sure. I mean, he still does stuff for Guns N' Roses, but Brian Johnson no longer sings for ACDC, okay. and so I was like, I, I at least I heard a rumor of that. I don't know if it actually I'll, happened. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I didn't. So I'll, I'll have to too. But I just remember like hearing like Axl Rose singing for ACDC. I'm like, I guess they don't have that many singers nowadays that can really do what those guys did. You know, as far as like the range and the power and the style. You know, like it's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it really sucks when um, when artists to and this is kind of you know aside from that topic, but like when over time they don't take care of their you know their voices, or, yeah, or you know just or maybe their guitar playing, and then you can tell there's a huge difference. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to the Cult. Uh, a little bit, like Firewoman. Yeah. 
I'm not very. I'm not super familiar with the Coldplay. Yeah, because I, I thought that lead singer. I can. I don't know his name, um, but I thought he had an awesome voice. And then I saw like a more recent live thing, and he could just not hold the notes very well. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it, it happens sucks. with age, but yeah. Also, if you don't practice it, you know, and there are also people that are able to, you know, hold on to that yeah. if they, you know, take care of it. So. Uh, yeah. What's a good singer? that can do that well I, not a singer but a good guitar player would be slash slash like he, he he's not as good as he once was but he still can play i guess i, I mean i i do feel like over time maybe he hasn't practiced as much and no, so probably not. it's definitely kind of shows um but i think yeah there are d definitely guitar players that like still obviously practice very hard and they can still keep up you know Oh, yeah, and who was it? Is it um, Zach Wild? Isn't Zach Wild still, like, from what I've seen of videos of him playing live at concert? It looks like he's still got it. Uh, yeah, I think he so. still got it. When, when Eddie was alive, I think Eddie kept it up pretty good. Yeah. Um, at least his guitar playing, there's definitely some health issues, but. Yeah. Yeah, he, would, he was always on top of that. I'm trying to think who else. So someone that I feel like is kind of gone downhill is I, I don't know if you've listened to much of the Allman Brothers, but Dickie Betts. I mean, oh, he's really old. Yeah. But you know, I, you can definitely tell he kind of struggles with some timing stuff now. Um, let's see who. I'm trying to think who. Else yeah, a good example of someone. That's... I, I think all the guys in the Scorpions have kept up their. Well, at least all the original guys that are still there, they've kept it up pretty well. I saw them. At least when I saw them a couple few years back, it was probably like, I mean, this is still like maybe like almost ten years ago, but um, I saw them live with my dad, and they were moving around stage still. They were in their sixties. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I think some of them might even be in their seventies now. Oh, but, uh, that's um, that's amazing. Yeah, but they were still moving around, and they were able to play. Yeah, that that singer, he Klaus has been able to uh, keep up his. I mean, even if it was 10 years ago, he was in his 60s and he still sounded great, so. Yeah, well, that's something to strive for, right? To be that yeah. old and still be like, yeah, that guy's still got it. Like, yep. But I think you have to have it to still <laughs> at some point. Yeah. That's what I told myself. I'm like, well, I got to get to that point first. And just, <laughs> you have to at least have it once to keep it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dang. Well, I mean, kind of maybe steering now a little bit more towards like the importance of live music. We've been talking yeah. a lot about these performers and artists that you know had kind of been going downhill over time but also you know still some of that have kept it um in my last uh podcast i was talking about like the power of music and how there's a lot of research done that people that have like alzheimer's or dementia and they lose motor function if they listen to music at least when the music's playing their motor function comes back and so i think because overall most people that are really you know, were big performers and then get into the drugs. Like Kiss still plays, right? Like yeah. they do they do pretty well. So they're not as good as they once were, but they still put on a pretty good show. Yeah, and I, th I think the thing about Kiss is it wasn't necessarily that they were always these huge, you know, big virtuoso players, but they were just really good performers. And yeah. just kept that up. That's true. I mean, <laughs> the, the makeup and everything yeah. and the outfits. And they can still play, but yeah, like I, I think they are still able to, you know, hold on to what they were. Yeah, so. they, they they never strayed from that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, well, where was I going with that? Oh, um, the health, their health, right? There's a lot of people that you know, as they age, their health just goes down. But a lot of musicians, as long as they keep, you know, taking care of themselves, practicing their craft and stuff, I don't know if it's just because they're around the music and stuff, but their health seems to stay in a better shape for a longer period of time than someone that, you know, wasn't you know, exercising on stage, performing and playing instruments and, you know, I don't know, maybe yeah, 100%. that's... Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to compare apples and oranges because not everyone isn't a performer and a, you know, a musician, but then, you know, the people that are, it's hard to just like, because, you know, obviously people have health elements in their family, you know, where their genes and ancestors that, you know, have the bad heart, you know, even if they are a performer, that's still going to affect them, right? But... I would like to say overall, just kind of going back to my point of like the studies they've done with music and motor functions and stuff, it, it seems like artists that are older that continue to play, it seems like they stay younger longer, kind of. 
I don't know. Does, does that would you agree with that or disagree with that? I I mean I think the people that are yeah that are active, but I think outside of even their playing, it's obvious that they you know have to take care of themselves to be able yeah. to do the things that they do on stage still. And so, um, but yeah, no, I'd I'd say the ones that are still healthily moving or just moving around stage and keep it up um, and do what it takes to be able to keep that up outside of that. Yeah, 100% they are, you know, other people. Because it does take a lot to, you know, I don't think people realize how much uh, effort and how tiring it can be if you are running around. You know, I don't even run around on stage like those guys. I can't even imagine. Um, um, Doing backflips and stuff. Yeah. And like, I, I think it was the, uh, the band Creed. Okay. No, no, not Creed, Disturbed. Okay, yeah, yeah. The lead singer, I think he would do backflips and stuff. And, that's wild, yeah. And it's just like, I, that's just too much. But, like, <laughs> I mean, if you can do it, cool. I can't do a backflip. But, like, if you can, I guess. But that would just, that would be sketchy. Like, when you're, like, all, like, you know, all this adrenaline and stuff, and you're, like, tired from playing, you know, a long show, and you got all these people out here. What if you mess up on your, oh, yeah. you know, your backflip? I'm a clumsy person, so I'm always afraid, like, man, if I try to do that move, like, um, Matthias from the Scorpions, he um, would do like a jumping split in yeah. the air, and I'm like, I would hurt myself jumping oh, yeah. off the stage doing that and trying to land it while playing guitar and yeah. trying to keep it. And not destroy your guitar and wreck yourself. Yeah. yeah. And still trying to play in time and write notes. So. Yeah. That. The, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So backflip. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but practicing, you'll get there, right? Yeah, if that if that's, yeah, that's what I choose to practice, hopefully, yeah. 2023, Alec <laughs> learns to do backflip while playing guitar. Yeah. And, <laughs> man, that that's just too much. But but you remember those shows, right? Because that's why yeah. they can sell these, the, you know, these amphitheaters where you're just like, dang, these guys are not just great musicians, they're great performers going back to kind of Kiss, right? That's why they've been able to stay relevant, I guess. It's, no one does really what they do to the kind of caliber that they do it I guess yeah I mean there's always people that dress up as a I don't know what the word is but as some kind of man I can't think of it right now but like not a commodity I guess maybe that's not quite the word I'm looking they're, for their musical identity I don't know yeah I don't know it's just like I mean pop artists do it all the time too like they you know go a little crazy with their outfits and mm. you know yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah I guess their musical identity might be the, what I'm looking for but um, yeah, not everyone does that, like, kiss, right? Like, yeah. with the full makeup. And, I mean, uh, I guess the closest one I can think of, off the top of my head, I know there's other ones that did do their full face, but is um, Twisted Sister. They put on, I mean, oh, yeah, Dee Snyder, you put a lot of makeup on, like, a lot of, like, eyeshadow and lip, especially lipstick. Mm -hmm. And you would put it on very terribly to just war. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, they're called Twisted Sisters, so I mean, like, yeah, you know, it kind of works for their image. But uh, I guess image is maybe what I was looking for. Um, oh, where was I going to go with that? Kind of anchor off of that. Oh yeah, just the importance of live music. So, um, so we've been talking about these artists playing live music, um, helping them maybe stay younger longer if you will right yeah and better health because you got to take care of your physical health but also your mental health i think they just don't get complacent like maybe a lot of people as they start to age it's like well i worked a hard life i have grandkids now like i don't need to do these things i'll just enjoy the rest of the end of my life right and then these artists that like it's their career and they play until they can't anymore and then they die yeah like that's what david bowie did like david Bowie was playing as much as he could and you know, writing as much as he could and then like the last song he released um what is it called it's a lot no it's not labyrinth it's um oh man this is good I'm, like, I'm kicking myself for this one but uh I was in college when he passed away and he had released this song basically talking about him dying interesting and the music video is very interesting and he's like in a hospital bed and he had has like some weird things on his eyes and he's being David Bowie you know and um it basically he's talking about himself like dying and decaying and then two weeks later after that after that was released he dies like if that's not like yeah that's crazy that's he, he just knew it was probably happening and so up until that point you know he was doing all this work I think doctors probably gave him a good estimate of probably how much time he had left but up until the last day of him being alive he's 
releasing music and music videos and then he just like passes away it's yeah. kind of legendary really <laughs> so I'm, and i'm sure that was on his mind he's finally like yeah i'm probably getting close or something yeah or he's feeling that. i don't know i'm That's gonna crazy. have to look up that song and i'll, I'll send it to you but sure, it's yeah. it's a good one i think it was 2018 i think it was 2018 when he passed away that yeah, right. it was either that or 2019. Yeah, it was either the. Yeah, so I think I, he died the same, at least pretty close to when Prince died. And so I don't know. Yeah, I think Prince was a little bit after that. Yeah. If I, I remember think they were right. either within the same, in the same year or within the same span of a year. So. Yeah, that was a bad year for artists passing yeah. away. Because I really like David Bowie. My favorite song by him is, "The Man Who Sold the World." And then, you know, Nirvana does a cover of that MTV Unplugged. I don't know if you... I haven't seen that one, but yeah. Okay. So that's... I mean, I've, I've seen some seen that, MTV yeah. Unplugged, but yeah. I just, it's it's really cool. And like, instead of the vocal part that he does in the bridge that Bowie does, mm -hmm. they do that as the guitar solo. Okay. And it's just a couple of notes, but like, it's just really cool. I don't know. It's just, and then if you like Nirvana, it's kind of like a grungy version of David Bowie's song. And sure, you're just like, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I think going along with that, and to kind of uh, get onto the point of, of, like you were saying, of live music, um, when you do stuff like, you know, um, Kurt Cobain did, where he did a cover of something and, and made it more grungy, I, um, and I've, I've kind of mentioned this to you before, but like, I think with live music in general, because it's so different, at least it feels to me, because it's so uh, artist-oriented nowadays, yeah. um, as opposed to to band and like and it's very tracked like a lot of it is you know based on tracks which is great um you know using that technology but i i think I, i've talked to a lot of friends recently um that they're like oh yeah the, you know i've been to live shows and i just don't see the purpose of it because it's just like they're probably doing the same thing every night oh and, yeah and there's not much difference in that and i, I think the novelty or just the the, the thing of interest with live shows, at least for me, when I watch those old things, those old shows, is like stuff like Kurt Cobain may, maybe doing a different rendition of your favorite song or a song yeah. that you've heard before, and maybe making you maybe you feel like it's better, or um, groups that uh, have a little more. I, I feel like there's a lot because of the tracking stuff. There's a lot less improvisation, and yeah. already it's not very focused on the band nowadays. It's focused on the you know the lead vocalist yeah um and so for me and, and i i hope that we're able to get back to this in, in in music is you know with live music i i hope that we there starts to be a little more um uh, focus on really giving people a different show you know than that they would hear on the album because right now yeah. it's so focused on making it sound exactly like they heard it you know when they you know Listen to, video, on, yeah, yeah. listen to it on Apple Music or Spotify, and I'm like, oh, I want to hear that same exact thing live. But there was such something special about when you heard something live and it still was really good, but they played it a little bit different. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that, you know, that was a, a special experience because you know, that you probably and they maybe didn't do that ever again. Yeah. But they, which made it kind of interesting and special. Um, one of my favorite bands to listen to right now is this group called Goose. And it's their jam band. Okay. And yeah. um, they do a lot of, all. they have a ton of originals, but they also do a lot of covers. They're obviously very, you know, influenced by like Fish and Grateful Dead and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, they do different stuff every night. One of my favorite concerts is this one where the guy who normally plays like rhythm guitar and like keyboards, he takes like a guitar solo oh. in a song he doesn't normally. Yeah. And um, he goes off. Yeah. On it, and it sounded great, and um, and they have not done that since. <laughs> and oh, wow. so I'm like, that's really cool. So, and they have, you know, a streaming, a live streaming platform. It's I think Nugs is what it's called. Nugs. And um, I yeah, I'll, I'll listen to that occasionally because I'm like, this is the only time they've ever done that. But yeah, I I think with live music, there's something special when you can go to a live concert and not know what to expect. Yeah. And I, I feel like nowadays that doesn't happen too often. You, you have an expectation of a, to sound a certain way, but back then you used to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> be like, like oh wow, this is different. Like, I wonder okay. what they're gonna, you know, yeah. what, what they're gonna play tonight. So, um, and 
like I said, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we have tracking now and um, and that they're using all this and, and that they want to make show that they can make it sound the same way. But I think yeah. there was a little bit more you improv. Know, improv or yeah. you know, just a little bit, something a little bit different, you know, each night. I think that would be uh, something that would help um, connect the importance of live music to more younger audiences. I would agree. Yeah. And I mean, because when I was playing with my party band a lot, um, we would have a set list, right? That we, I mean, we, we could play about five hours of music, which is a lot of music. Yeah. And so we'd play at casinos. We would play for 45 minutes, take a short break, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, play for another 45 minutes over and over. And we'd have like five or six different set lists, you know, for those 45 minutes. But then we were just like, we, after playing at many bars and playing for three or four hours and do that, we would just improv and be like, who knows this song? And then we'd just play that, you know, and sometimes it would work out, sometimes it would be a complete wreck. <laughs> but we would tell people, like, we're gonna play a song for it, here it goes, <laughs> you know? Like we've played, uh, one that we pull out of, you know, out of nowhere sometimes is uh, Johnny B. Good, right? Yeah. Like, not really the style of music. It's rock and roll, but like it's not 80s rock and pop, right? Yeah. Or we'd pull in like girls just want to have fun occasionally too. Do, 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 do. You know, and sometimes the, the form is kind of weird actually on that song, but um, so sometimes it would sound good and sometimes it sounded like wreck or we'd pull out September actually. <laughs> but it was a weird. different video. <laughs> and it, you know, it would, people would love it though sometimes. It's just like, wow. And we would have fun because it would, it's not the exact same thing every time. We would sometimes just pull these random songs. Uh, I wrote a couple original songs for the band as well. Uh, you and Me for Steel Badger, that was our name before Summer 89. And then uh, we had Fierce as a Badger, that was our anthem song. Uh, you know, because we were all badgers, you know, from Snow College and from Utah. Was was that inspired by Steel Panther at all? Or, um, <laughs> I mean, it's probably I, very I different than what you I played play. the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we were, when we were coming up with the name for it, we all just threw in name ideas, and that, that's what we came up with, Steel Badger. Cool. Um, and then I think someone mentioned it later. Isn't that all like Steel Panther? <laughs> and we're all like, oh, crap. I guess so. And we're like, should we worry about it? We're like, nah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was a happy coincidence. A happy coincidence, yeah. Because like, I didn't even think about it until later when someone mentioned it in the band. We're all like, huh. <laughs> but it's you know sometimes that's how it goes. Even when you like you like come up with a creative song, you're like, oh, this is a cool song name and idea. No one's probably ever written this. And then you listen on the radio or you listen to music one day and you're just like, crap, that sounds a lot like this song. <laughs> Or like it's the same name as the song or whatever, but it's like way different still. You're like, oh, I thought this was an original idea. Like I was talking about a tidal wave, but I guess you know, like or I don't know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and you're like, well, I guess it's not original, but it just, <laughs> because there is so much music out there nowadays, you know, that everyone can listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is important, like you were saying, for people to go to live music to see those different. Um, experiences and you it's kind of the band's fault just as much as it is the audience's fault because they're like all right here's our set list this is exactly what we do we say this exact oh, yeah. same joke right after this song you know and I think bands it's a good place to start if you don't know what to do on stage like make sure yeah. that you're working on your performance aspect but if you do the exact same thing what if you have fans like you get bigger and bigger fans are falling from city to city then they're just kind of like, well, what's the point of going to the next city if it's yeah. the same thing? I did? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and they didn't do that really. I mean, they did some bands, you know, in the 80s, because that's what we've been talking about a lot. In the 90s, they did that a little bit. Yeah. I don't feel like they do it, did it as much as bands nowadays, like, kind of to your point. Because I, I, I'll go see live artists, you know, and I'll be like, okay, you know, it's a, they're buddies of mine. And I'm like, let's see what they do, you know, and it's the exact same thing I'm like less inclined to want to go back again because I'm like well I've already seen this show three or four times like you guys are good and you've gotten a little bit better over time but like and, and you played one song different you yeah to play and, but like then they but then the bands that like change it up um I mean my friends in Cardinal Bloom they'll, they're pretty good at that I feel like they'll throw out these random songs they haven't played or like a brand new song you know they haven't done and, and that show is unique yeah all of a sudden now you're like oh cool, you did a really cool version of this song, or, you know, occasionally they'll pull out, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit, right? But they don't do that all the time, because one, that's 
people play that song all the time, so it loses its commodity as a show or as a song in your set list, right? Yeah. You do it too much. Like, it's good to have your, your form of what you normally do, but then, like, have things you can, you know, improv a little bit. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just, like, and this is something we'd have to do, like, our lead guitar player, his, either he'd have issues sometimes with his pedal, like, we he randomly lost power once, and his whole... Um, guitars, you know, went through that. He didn't have a, an amp. His amp simulation was through his pedal. And we're like, oh crap, what do we do? And so we just started like doing a little jam. The drummer started doing like a little, you know, rhythm and stuff. Then we just started jamming for a little bit. And eventually he fixed it. And it just, he seamlessly just came in, started doing some lead stuff. Yeah. And then we just like, you know, ended the little jam and then went straight into a song right after that, you know? Yeah. And we were like, oh, that was kind of cool. Like, you know, because it wasn't expected really, you know? I mean, and you have to do that in live settings. Sometimes your guitar string breaks, you're like, crap, I gotta yeah. look at my backup guitar now or whatever. And I will say that's probably like the benefit of, you know, being a huge, you know, world known band because yeah. during those, then you, like those instances, you have a guitar tech that can switch it right away. So you don't have to really deal with that yeah. one. So, I mean, th that's something to be desired from that sense. But yeah, no, I, I've had to do that too. Or, yeah. You know, something happens where the, or, the, another guitar player is having a tune, so we'll jam a little bit during that. Yeah, so you just want that awkward silence, because that's what you don't want, is everyone just stand on stage like, are you going to hurry up, Jimmy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah, so. at least something to engage in the crowd, keep them, yeah, whether that's talking to them or... Yeah, or it's a story about some... Yeah. I think the thing that bands aren't as good as with as well, and some are, but... It's getting the crowd involved with a song. Like the really good bands are, or performers like that have done live music. They're like, all right, on this next song, we need you guys' help. So I'm going to teach you the, the you know the chorus. Yeah. All right? Can you sing this? Uh, da, you know, whatever and they do that. They're like, all right, I'm going to point to you guys when you you know, and then they play the song. They get the chorus, do that, and then everyone's singing along. That's a lot funner experience. Like, I mean, you don't want to do that too much because then it seems like you're begging the audience to like participate a little bit. Yeah. Especially if they aren't responsive, then that's like the wrong thing to do, probably. But yeah, you definitely have to yeah. kind of gauge. But yeah. You're like, oh, these guys are these are fun. You know, like let's have let's give them something to do on this next song. You know. Well, and I, I have to admit, like I've made that mistake before too. Like there was this one concert where I had a lot of people that I knew or that people that were a lot a lot of people that were fans of the group that I was playing with Winter Sirens yeah. um, and I did this once so I was like well I'll, I'll do it again but the, one time I went because I have a wireless you know guitar setup yeah. so I w walked into the crowd and it was great Yeah. and then I did it at another concert and you could tell it was like I was like, what is this guy doing yeah like get back up on stage was, I mean which was a good learning experience you know yeah like, okay definitely kind of engage the crowd and, yeah. and see where they are and, and not try to force them to um, accept what you're doing all the yeah. time yeah and um because sometimes do bands do do that and, and try to, to force it and then like try to make it seem like yeah, you should be dancing camp music because it's so great rather yeah. than really getting them into it so i i feel like at that battle of the bands i went to that most of the bands did a really good job at finding a, a way there was sometimes felt a little forced, but yeah, there was a more, I think more so times where um, they were able to get people engaged in a kind of a natural way. It was all it's like the audience was already trying to figure out what they should do to the music, and they gave them they got it. So yeah, I, I to your point about playing in in the crowd though, I've been there before too. So I've done, gone out in the crowd and like thinking everyone's gonna be like super happy, you know, excited. <laughs> and sometimes you're just like, what's going on? Or they're confused. I've, there's sometimes people are like, well, how is he playing? What? Is he actually even playing there? They're like, is this a trap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I've, I've had people, one guy after he was at a bar and he was like, were you actually playing? He's like, then how, how are you in the crowd? I was like, oh, it's a wireless rig. He's like, I mean, he was pretty drunk, to be fair, but he was like, whoa. <laughs> I, I just, he, it was mind-blowing for him. He was a little bit older guy, too. Yeah, yeah. But at the Big Summer Bash 2019, I think it was, um, at, you, you know, are you familiar with what the Big Summer Bash is? Uh, I'm not, actually. Okay, so uh, the Tribe is a company that puts on big dance parties and events and corporate things. Okay. Um, I'm good friends with the... Uh, the lead singer, not the lead singer, the um, owner. The own I knew both of the owners before the, the they kind of broke off their partnership and one started another company. Okay. Uh, Eric Little is the owner's name, and uh, we've 
going to a lot of his festivals to play shows and help out with sound and different things like that. Super cool guy. Um, but he would have us play at the Big Summer Bash, which they would do every summer in like July time um, at the Town Center Mall in Provo. So uh, they'd have a carnival, like in big like rides and stuff over there. And then they'd have like a, a big stage for bands and artists to sing there. Mad Madeline Page was there one year as a headliner. And um, I remember playing there and we were, I think we were headlining this year, I can't remember, um, or that night at least. And the crowd, there was quite a few people in the crowd, there's, you know, probably four or 500 at least, maybe more. It's kind of hard to tell when you're in a big, like open parking lot, yeah. you know, instead of like an enclosed space. But there, there was a lot of people spread out and we, uh, we were playing and as it got later in the night, the college kids came out and were just getting rowdy and stuff, you know, getting really into it. And we played, um, pour some sugar on me, right? And we, the early single had an idea of getting a bucket full of cash, like just dollar bills and pouring it on the crowd. So he, he went, I went to the bank and just got a ton of dollar bills. And then during the, the, the bridge, you know, when the solos happen, he goes and pours all this cash in the crowd. And they went crazy about dollars, right? It was funny, people were trying to jump over the barriers we had and stuff. <laughs> and um, right before, uh, right after that, then I went and I jumped off the stage. It was pretty far down and I started playing like with people and they were going crazy. They almost pulled me over the barrier though. <laughs> so the crowd, I was like, oh crap. Cause they were just getting rowdy. And yeah. there was a couple buddies of mine from college, like old roommates and stuff that one of them, he was, pretty pretty drunk i'm yeah. pretty sure but uh, it was just, he was excited to see me you know because it had been like a year since we've seen each other and stuff he was just like oh yeah i know and people were grabbing money off the floor and i just remember like that was a good experience right though like everyone loved it you know they're in they're already having a good time so yeah. that was just adding fuel to their energy right but i've also done that in bar gigs where people are like kind of just kind of listening kind of not you know and i've done that and then like it, it just like it was just kind of awkward, you know, like, yeah. but I just was wanting to move around a little bit, see what happened. So I kind of did a, a circle around the, the room or whatever. And like, it's like, it almost didn't happen, you know, yeah. and I'm like, well, <laughs> yes. okay, I guess I'll just tone it down a little bit, you know, for the show, you know, but I was, you know, if you're playing a, a long show, it's like, you kind of want to experiment a little bit sometimes. And I think that's important too. It's like, yeah, maybe I probably, I, I, like I said, I want to gauge things before I do it again, but I think it's important to experiment and test things out. Yeah. It's like, because if you're not, I mean, it's like when you improvise in the, in the song or during musically, I think you should improvise and, and try new things, you know, performance wise too. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. Yeah. So practice makes better, you know, as they say, not perfect, but it does make better in my opinion. Yeah. Practice can get a little better, something a little bit better, you know. Yeah, as long as you're actually practicing, not just playing something you already know how to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So true practice. That's something that the professors at Snow College would emphasize. Like, it's not practicing if you played a C major scale the same way you have for like, you know, like maybe do it by do a C major scale in thirds, you know, you know, intervals instead of just playing like just straight, you know, the yeah. scale or. Or maybe try to do it in fourth, see if you can even do that. You know, that's going to work your brain a lot different, you know. Now, you know, and I think we're all guilty of that, like doing similar things. Like, oh, I'll do the same warm-up I always do, you know. Yeah. And that's not always a bad thing. And warm-ups, I think, are a little different. But, I mean, you do want to practice different warm-ups as well to get your hands, you know, used to doing different things. Yeah. But mm -hmm. just not becoming too complacent in that fashion, I guess. So. 100%, yeah. But anyways, well, we, we've talked for a while, so um, I appreciate you coming and being on the show, Alec. Yeah. Um, and again, you are a musician, guitarist, and a music major at uh, Utah Valley University. And when do you graduate from, from this? Um, I've still got a couple of years. I've been taking it pretty slow. Okay. Um, so that's uh, TBD. TBD. But uh, um, yeah, and, uh, that's what I do. Okay, cool. Well, you'll probably be seeing more from him. Um, if you, do you have any socials you want to, yeah. Um, so I have an Instagram, I, I, I don't do much with it yet, but I'm planning to, it's, uh, um, at music by Tambo. My last name's Tambo. And, um, yeah, hopefully sometime within the next few months, I, I've been writing stuff. I've been recording some rough drafts of things. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be releasing some stuff too. Cause I'm, I'm also a songwriter and, and 
pretend to sing. So. <laughs> that's what I think of myself as like a songwriter that happens to play guitar, that happens to sing as I, cause I need to, you know, kind of a thing yeah. as a tool, but I don't think of myself as a guitar player really, or even a singer. So I think my, even though I have guitar, guitars are all in here, it's like, I'm a songwriter that plays guitar so I can write songs, Yeah. you know, but well, this was a good discussion. I appreciate having you on the show. Um, and everyone that's listening, uh, I hope this was enjoyable for you. Uh, there'll be future episodes every Friday. They'll be released. And until next time, guys, keep rocking on.